and welcome to Project Quantum Leap, the podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sydney. Three fans, three generations, three unique perspectives, one leap back into a television phenomenon. Today, we talk about the Quantum Leap panel at WonderCon Anaheim. So welcome to today, today's bonus episode. Uh, your same three hosts here, Sydney and I, were able to attend the WonderCon 2023 Quantum Leap panel that they had. When we got the tickets, we did not even know this was going to happen. Yeah, it was very exciting. Was we didn't find out about fortuitous. it till later. I was pissed off and jealous because I was working. If we yeah. had known, we probably would have tried to find a way to get Christina to go. I would no. have called in sick. Uh, you know, if my boss listens to me, I did not just say that. <laughs> I mean, it was in the middle of the day. You could have just showed up for the panel. I never would have made it to Riverside in time. Oh, after. I guess that's probably true. Yeah. So this is not only to recap for, um, for Christina to let her know what went down and what happened. But also very minimally talked about it so far. Yeah. But also for, you know, all of you who may not have gone, um, I'm sure that lots of our listeners are not necessarily Anaheim residents or familiar with WonderCon. Um, also not sure. Maybe they'll post the panel, you know, down the line. I, I think they filmed it, it. I've seen segments, but not as yeah. a whole. Yeah, I've been looking. Um, I should have had Emily, like, live stream it to me. It was not allowed. Oh. Yeah, they don't let you do that. Damn. I, some you can get away with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they you could have, like, filmed blurbs and parts of it but certainly not the um the segment where they showed us the first 10 minutes of this week's episode oh yeah 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 we were allowed to have our cameras out for the panel but not for any media that was presented yeah not for the preview so the panel did include a preview of this week's episode of course um by this point as of the time that we're recording it we've seen the episode and discussed Mm -hmm. it already and that episode is um on the way of of our show but at the time of Watching it at the panel, the episode was not out yet, and they showed yeah. us the first 10 minutes. Uh, two days ahead of time, which yeah. isn't, you know, that much, which is probably why they were pretty loose with showing it, but it was still yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we basically saw the entire sequence up until the, the um, Quantum Leap title reveal. Yeah, it was literally just the first 10 minutes. It was just yeah. the stinger <laughs> up until um, the title screen. Yeah, plot twist. My uh, daughter, who has like only seen one episode of the show because there was an actress she knew in it. She said two. Well now well now she's she's seen the first two. She's working on the third episode. Um because I wasn't sure what Andrew and Sydney had going on at Comic or Comic Con. WonderCon. Um same thing, different I place. begged her, I'm like, can you please just go to that panel and get <laughs> me information? <laughs> she wanted to. She yeah, was totally she was on excited. board. Yeah. She, she was any, like, let's uh, go. Plans, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, once I found out you guys were going, I'm like, you don't have to go. You don't watch the show. You have no clue. Um, You're not going to have any context. And she's like, no, no, I want to go. I want to go. So now we have her watching it. So, yeah. So uh, to start off with, um, they introduced all of the uh, attendees that were there. Well, actually, that's not the right word. The the, uh, special guests that were there. Yeah. Um, so we had, I, I don't want to say his last name, because I always but- butcher it, but Dean G, the writer. We had Deborah Pratt. We had Ernie Hudson. We had Raymond Lee. Caitlin Bassett. Bassett? Bassett. Bassett. I'd say Bassett, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nanrissa, I don't remember her last name. 
and Mason Alexander Park. And Marissa Lee. Lee. Yeah. Wow, the most simple last name is the one I forgot. Well, I guess it's the same as Raymond's too. Oh God, it is. And that's why I was gonna I was gonna tell you Lee, and then I'm like, wait a minute, no, that's Raymond's last name. <laughs> so, uh, so that was that was the uh, the special guest list. That that's who we got to see. Every single one of them spoke for a little bit. There was a moderator. Uh, they said they were from TV Guide. That still exists it, digitally. Um, there were, I mean, they do reporting on film and media stuff. Um, I didn't know who they were specifically, um, but I, it was it was fairly good moderator. They um, they had good. Uh, they directed the conversation well. I think that's good. Um, they did. <laughs> they did get one massive piece of information wrong. What? My mic is quiet. I'm sorry. I'll deal with it in post. I'm just looking at my gains, and it's much lower than your guys's. Hello, hello. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, when he was talking about, when he introduced Ernie Hudson, and he said he's playing Magic, he said that he, he, he said, or he asked him how it felt to be the only um, actor returning from the original series. <laughs> and Ernie Hudson very professionally when he was talking was just like oh by the way i didn't play magic in the original series that was a different actor and just kind of moved on without bringing any attention to it very professional um but i feel like i was like come on dude every time he's he said like two or three times in the introduction yeah and i was like is he serious well actually i had myself doubting i was like no that wasn't Ernie. i i just watched it before it definitely wasn't ernie hudson and so yeah i mean I, I get it. A, a lot of people do make that mistake simply because it's been so long since they've watched the show, you know, or they weren't super fans. Um, so I get it. more from the moderator I, of the panel. Yeah, a little bit of research. The moderators are just kind of chosen. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't something absolutely ridiculous. Like, what was it like to leap through, you know, play a guy that leaps through time? Um, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I got the sense from the moderator that um, he definitely watched this show because he was he was very knowledgeable in terms of like events that took place in the series. Yes, um, but maybe wasn't as well versed in the original series. Right. So and it could be chalked up to it's been a long time. He was definitely yeah. old enough to have seen it. Yeah, he, he was older than us. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it wasn't like he didn't even watch the show. Like he clearly yeah. watched the show. He was referring yeah. to things that like you would have had to have seen. Well, even I forget things. Yeah, you know, and I've oh, seen I mean, them all a, a million content. times. Yeah, it's it's almost a hundred episodes. You can't possibly have it all committed to memory. Yeah, you have. That's why I reference things a lot. I'm like, wait, this sounds familiar. Let me look it up. Yeah, I mean, just this season of Quantum Leap, season one, is almost eighteen hours of new content. Oh my god! And there was a point in time we didn't think we'd ever get anything like that. Yeah. And you know what? Okay, I'm gonna bring up something Deborah Pratt said. In that, um, one of the things I think about often is how reboots are handled nowadays. Right. We have a million Star Treks and and Star Warses. Some are good, some are not. Everyone has different opinions about them. I don't want to open that can of worms. But each one, they don't do it like the way Quantum Leap is doing it. 
They are taking the existing foundation, separating it a great deal from its original characters, and creating new characters and new stories based on the existing foundation. It's evolving the show, but it's not just redoing the show. It's not, it's not doing the show over. It's not telling the same story, which is sometimes done. And we get... One of the things Deborah Pratt said, which I was going to get into, is that you see these franchises like Star Trek and Star Wars, specifically talking about science fiction, science fantasy right now, um, that get rebooted and sequels over and over and over again. What made me the most excited is her quote is, Quantum Leap has a lot more to offer. Meaning they that implies to me is that they have a plan for many more seasons. Well, she also said the specifically her quote, Deborah Pratt's exact quote was this show is just the beginning, just the beginning. of quantum leap coming home. Yes. That was the quote. That was the quote. Um, oh my God. And she also said like, you know, so much power is in your hands as fans as well. Like talking about how, the more we continue talking about it and engaging with it as we're doing and trying to continue doing, um, showing that there's a demand for it, interacting with it, just means that there's more of a chance for it to continue being expanded on. But at the very least, the fact that she was so willing to like openly say those things indicates that like it's in her mind. There's a plan for it. Well, they, they want it to happen. I, I know for a fact um, Deborah Pratt loves quantum leap yeah you know she was a huge huge part of the original series and i know she's you know like most fans has always mm -hmm. carried this torch for the show to just have its chance and yeah. now that you know quote unquote reboots are becoming the thing now it's like it's almost like hey let's show you how it should be done yeah i um i hate the way reboot is often used but what I want to bring up is that Quantum Leap is a reboot. The series was shut down and then turned back on. A reboot isn't redoing something. It's continuing from where you left off Yeah. after a period of shutdown. Yeah, it's not That's a remake. That's what Quantum Leap has done. People use, yeah, exactly. People use reboot as a, as a synonym for remake. It is not being remade. They're continuing this story. And... Um, not that I had any doubts about the creators of Quantum Leap um, taking care of our beloved franchise, but one thing Deborah Pratt said that I, I want to say comforted, but that's not the right word. It was just a reassurance. It was like a confirmation is uh, she is still so in touch with her fan base to the to the point that she knows what quantum leap means to them she says she still gets letters to this day about sam personal like like fan mail about sam still come to her about Aww. if they'll see him come home how is he doing yeah or like they That's she said so sweet. Um, yeah she said she regularly gets people saying like i keep waiting for sam to leap into me and fix my that's, life that's what it was yeah yeah I keep waiting Sam to leap into me. And you know what? How often have we as Quantum Leap fans just had the... We know it's fiction. 
But how many times have you been like, man, can someone just pop in here for a couple days? Take, <laughs> take the care wheel of- and fix my life. Yes. <laughs> fix this little mess. And uh, Please, Sam. Please, Ben. <laughs> possess me, but like in a good way. Change history for the better for me. Yeah. And on top of that, um, they know what they're, they, they know they're making a family show. Um, right. Something that uh, Deborah mentioned and also Addison actually interjected during a fan question. Caitlin. Addison. Caitlin Bassett. Yeah, sorry. Caitlin. <laughs> you know, out of all the characters, I do that to Addison the most. I call Caitlin Addison. I don't know why. She and just looks like she looks like an Addison. But sometimes when I'm talking about Addison, I'll call her Caitlin. I haven't I've only done this with Caitlin and I always call I don't know what it is. But I guess yeah, I guess she just looks like an Addison. Yeah. But uh Caitlin interjected a fan um when he said before he asked his question, he said, I sit down and watch this with my wife and kids or my son or something. Yeah. And we watch it together and she stopped and said that I'm I'm basically I'm happy to hear that. That's what we want. The 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 aim is to make this family show. Um Deborah Pratt had reinforced that in the beginning. But also Ernie Hudson had said that uh he used to do that with his kids. He used to watch yeah. Quantum Leap as a family and use Sam's adventures as a as a launch point for discussion about morality about social issues things that were hard to do and maybe hard to bring up i should say and there was a network television show that basically gave families this platform for which to have these conversations with their loved ones yeah and it just goes to show that i mean these are uh, people both old and new to the show that know that importance to quantum leap and they're the ones making the show it just confirms my belief that they know what they're doing with the show yeah well yeah. it's like i know that i'm who i am today because some of the things i mean obviously that i learned from life but also things that i learned from the original quantum leap that i never would have been exposed to in the life i was raised in yeah you know so i i feel like i can be more understanding more empathetic you know towards yeah, my fellow human, and that was something they that I think the entire panel they talked about a lot um, at various points throughout the the panel. Um, Mason talked a lot about how a lot of their like lessons and empathy and morality came from the things they were watching on network television, um, but also the point of a show like Quantum Leap where the main character is constantly stepping into the shoes of so many other kinds of walks of life. Like, you as the viewer are doing that. through You get to experience that through your eyes as well and get to experience stories that otherwise you wouldn't have had exposure to. Like, they all talked about how the original series had that quality and that was what they tried to maintain in this show. And why it was important to then have episodes like um, let them play, like let them play. What, which, Ma- what Mason said was that this episode will save lives. Yeah, I wrote that down as soon as they said it because that quote was important. That story of Gia and what they go, what she goes through, Mason said will save lives. Yeah, yeah I wrote that to down too. That. And 
honestly, when that episode aired, I know we're kind of derailing from the panel. It, it made me think of um, the original Quantum Leap episode. Um, I want to say it was called like A Run for Honor. And it was about um, someone being, you know, outed or suspected as being gay in the military. Mm-hmm. And back then, that's not something I was really exposed to. And I'm like, okay, I don't really understand what's going on in this episode. So I just remember as I was watching it and watching Al go from, well, they shouldn't let gay people in the military to turning around and having his opinion changed because of what he's learning from Sam, who's going through this. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he just goes, he said, I don't remember what he said exactly, but he made a statement like, um, it doesn't matter if he's gay. If he wants to serve his country, he can serve his country. And Sam was like, whoa, that's a total turnaround from, you know, like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> um, but like learning with, watching that character learn and see, you know, my thoughts on this are probably wrong and bigoted and terrible. You know, lear- watching him learn, it helped me as a kid learn, hey, it's okay if we're all different. Yeah, and it's okay it's, to change my mind. It's okay to recognize I was wrong about something. Exactly. That's yeah. the hard part for people. Yep. They think they have to dig their feet in the ground because they've made a stance. Well, now I have to defend that stance until I die. You don't. Admit you were wrong. Admit things can change. Admit you can change. That's the better option. And, and yeah, I mean, for a guy Al's age to admit that, you know... And he, with no, Al's personality. Yeah, with Al's personality, admitting that he was wrong and... Um, you know, it has an impact on a kid. Oh, hey, if an adult can be wrong, then it's okay to be wrong as long as I learn what's right and live by that. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, they, it's definitely uh, not really a derailment to like focus on episodes like that because there was a good chunk of this panel where they talked about let them play and like using that episode as a main example of like what the show overall is doing. Um, I wrote a bunch of stuff down <laughs> that, that was said, like Mason said that um, that episode will forever be a part of my genetic history um, mm. because it's very much like a story that's close to their heart. Um, again, well, the- yeah, when they were asked about basically the parallels between what Ian went through and Mason, they yeah. said that that's, that episode was basically just their real life. That's the things Ian went through are the things Mason went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they said, you know, playing Ian is very much like playing Mason. Like yeah. the same thing. Um, but then Raymond uh, also said, um, the show continues to open your eyes to things you've never seen or known or felt. So what we were talking about earlier where, Similarly with Sam, just like just like with Ben, how through their eyes we get to experience things that we otherwise wouldn't have any exposure to. And it helps us to like contextualize and to humanize and to um, make the issues like seem like human scenarios and not just abstract concepts, which I know we talked about a lot when we when we discussed this episode in particular. Um, I also learned some stuff about this episode that um, 
I didn't realize before and I totally would have talked about when we discussed this episode. And that's that um, the writer of this episode is Shakina Nafak, who is, first of all, a beautiful trans woman herself um, who wrote the episode. So that goes to show that, like, the episode's coming from a genuine place and it's not somebody else's perspective written by someone who didn't go through it themselves. Mm -hmm. right. But also um, the fact that she was in the episode. She she played the um, the Person bartender Ian leapt into. that Ian leaps into, like a really like crucial character to the story. Um, so that's, yeah, I just, I just thought that was super cool. And like now um, noting that, <laughs> the, acknowledging that, I think adds an extra layer of coolness to that episode as well. And then um, another little thing that we learned, Mason brought up the fact that um, their actual partner in real life um, played, is it Rachel? I think Rachel was Rachel the name was of name. the, um, yeah, of Ian's uh, ex-partner who there is still definitely palpable emotion suggested there in that episode. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Mason's real life partner. I thought that was pretty neat. Playing his ex-partner. <laughs> Um, Ray also met, Ray was asked about his role in that episode being the parent of somebody going through that and what kind of um, what kind of values he might have learned from that experience and he said that it helped the show helped him feel closer to that reality and what got the odds from the audience is that it also made him feel closer to Mason specifically. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, as we, we all have our own strifes, and I'm sure Raymond Lee, as a Korean actor, has his prejudices against him um, and his own trials and tribulations that do not, that are not stemmed from being Korean. Um, there's still, no matter what your tri trials are, other people have different ones. And aside from, from that, you know, the show helping Raymond um, feel closer to his, his co-workers and also the reality that many people face. But he also said the show is just set up for him to succeed in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I think he might have been... I, I don't know if he was talking about career success or just emotional success but because i don't remember the context in which he said that i just wrote that he said that and it's in the same sentence so <laughs> um but that's i get that's how i took it regardless is that all these experiences that he gets to portray um often as being directed from people who have experienced it or being the support of the people who are going through those things as um, ben, um, it's it's a unique, same thing that um, Scott Bakula went through. It's a unique perspective to be able to get to do that day after day and see so many different perspectives. A normal acting job would not present that sort of exposure to all these different situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was also a moment where uh, Caitlin Bassett was asked. Um, about her background in terms of like whether acting was always on like in the background of her mind while she was doing all these other things like in the military 
getting her law degree, like named off a bunch of other stuff. Girl got a law degree? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that, <laughs> oh my God, she is Superwoman. Yeah. Um, so much like had a full-fledged successful career in so many other areas before this role as an actress in a, in a principal role. Um, and, you know, she basically said that like, yeah, it was a dream she had always harbored, you know, at a very early age. And she just had been very fortunate in having the ability to pursue it now. And it just felt like the right time. And, um, so it was really cool getting to like hear her perspective on her background a little bit. I think she mentioned about her whole life was basically training her to be Addison. Was that? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like, about right. Like being in the army, getting a the law degree. Character she related to very much, yeah. like in a real way. And then um, maybe that's why you keep mixing up the names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also too with so many um, actors and actresses, we've seen them in so many other things, and we associate them with who they are, like. You know, we yeah, see she's new to me. We see Robert yeah. Downey Jr. in a million roles, and we just know that that's Robert Downey Jr. because he's an icon as himself. With with Addison, <laughs> we know her as Addison because she was introduced to us in our lives as Addison, yeah. and that's her whole identity to us at this point. I'm sure that you know if Caitlin Bassett takes it upon herself to be in a million other things and um, you know do a whole bunch of other roles, which I'm sure she very well could do. I might break that mental. Yeah, link. yeah, but as of right now, like this, she's very much like on the forefront of our sub of our um, subconscious, the forefront of our subconscious as Madison. You know um, what I'm saying? So the back of our conscious, but the front of our but, subconscious. But the front of it, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I want to I want to talk about about her for a minute. She this is like what one of her first, if not her first roles. Like I haven't roles. looked her up on IMDb, so um, I don't know, but it's her first thing to me. I, I do remember seeing, like, this was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, she nails it. I can see her going very far. Yeah, totally. And I could see her being in a million things. And We've already seen a wide range as this one character. The things Addison has had to go through in the show has forced Caitlin to show this, like, wide skill of, of performance. Yeah, art. yep. And Big time. It also seems like they, the the writers and you know, all that team behind the scenes. It seems like they do listen to her experiences when it comes to any kind of military. Because you know, she stuff. knows yeah. better than a writer would about that military stuff. So I mean that that speaks well of the team as you know behind it all because sometimes they do they'll hire me like no you shut up you say what's on the script and this you, is what i wrote so yeah this is what you say yeah they so they're not like that yeah. it, it sounds like they listen to their people yeah um by the way thank you for your service oh yeah totally i um i was gonna save this till later but i did get a small moment to talk to them after the panel um where i did thank addison for her service caitlin oh my god i did it again <laughs> And I didn't do it to her face. Well, that's good. Uh, I mean, she also had a nameplate, so. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't misname them to their faces, thankfully. Um, but I was able to thank Caitlin for her service, and of course, I told her about you and told Aww. her that you served in Korea, and she reciprocated the thanks and Aww. was uh, very proud of you. 
that yeah. makes my heart happy. Yeah, it was very, it, very um, sweet. If the one, the one big takeaway I take away from the panel is that everyone that was up there was genuine, and the way they engaged with their fans. I have pictures of Mason. It's almost the way they instruct people to talk to children at Disneyland. Yeah. You get on their level. Mm-hmm. So like children are short, you get on your knees. So you, so you look them eye to the eye and you, you engage with them. Mason was not belittling anyone, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> they. they, sorry. They got on their knees um, because they were on a podium. So they yeah. were much taller than everyone. Right. And engaged with their fans directly when someone was talking to them right in the eyes reacting to every word they said full attention yeah to whoever was talking to them including me and genuine reaction response not just a oh thank you um i appreciate it but a a genuine mini conversation because that's all they had time for right right sentences but instead of just brushing it off with a thank you it was a an appropriate response to what's being said. They, they, um, just watching them on social media, they just seem like a very warm and genuine and caring person. And this example, yeah, just cements that idea I have of them in my did head. Did you, yeah, did you post any of the? I don't, I, I, think I posted Sydney's pictures are the ones you posted. I posted some of yours, I posted some of Sydney's. I've got more I gotta post. Um, what was I doing? Oh, I was in class. So mm, I had to okay. stop for a little bit and I have to pick that well, up I again. I have two great pictures of Mason like bending down on, on their knees and looking at a fan just right and reacting genuinely. I think their hand is even over their chest as they listen and they have a wide-eyed like expression and it, it was heartwarming I, to see I have that. them looking at you doing that. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> and honest, honestly, um, to be in that kind of a position where you have these people telling you all these things, you know that celebrities in general probably hear a lot of heart-wrenching stuff. So to just keep going and showing you how much they, they care about what you're saying and taking all that on. You don't get it, that from everyone. You don't. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but it's it's very heartwarming to see that there are people who can, and there are people that do. And um, so, yeah, out of everyone that was on the panel, only Mason, Caitlin, and Deborah stayed back for conversation. Um, Ernie, Raymond, and Nrissa, they left fairly quickly. I don't know how quickly. It took me a, like a minute to actually get up to the front, yeah. so I don't know how long they were there. Well, I saw him post like he was in New York like the next day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what happens. He probably with, had with to jet. Like that people sometimes that's just the, the nature of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ones that were available were it was it was awesome to interact with them. Um, I did get to tell Mason that they were your favorite character, and they said thank you and say hello to Christina for me. So. Hello, I love Christina them. from Mason Alexander Park. Oh, it's like I was there, but I wasn't. Uh, well, I, I made sure in every interaction that I could to include you in the conversation. So it was like Thank you. Thank you. There. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I just want to say I feel very blessed having 
been able to have this platform with our listeners and the happenstance that this Quantum Leap panel happened in my neighborhood, practically in my backyard, and the opportunity to talk to these wonderful people who have shown great care to the show that they are producing and the art that they are creating for us to enjoy. And they have all shown that they themselves are appreciative of it. Espe- right. Oh, excuse me. Especially, oh, excuse me, hiccups. Especially many of them being uh, fairly new um, to acting. Can you imagine being like that new and one of your first co-stars is Ernie Hudson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would I've be, thought about that a couple of times. I would be so intimidated yeah. He's, he's a legend. Yeah. He's also tall. I I, Very I mean tall dude. Really? He, look, he looks like long, right? I didn't get to like see him in comparison directly to somebody, but to me it appeared as though he was long. Like his portions, he has long arms, his hands have long fingers. He looks like a, a tall man to me. So I'm actually curious. Maybe I should look him up on IMDb. I'm sure that his height is listed I mean, somewhere. I know it's movie magic, but he always looked like the same size as the other Ghostbusters. Yeah. Maybe he's. Maybe he is. Maybe they're wearing lifts. I don't know. He was next to um, Ben, so maybe Ben's just slightly shorter, and Deborah Pratt, maybe that was the juxtaposition. I'm going to see how, how, how tall, tall he is. He is. So um, another another portion of the show... Uh, of the panel was the moderator asked um, everyone, oh, well, not everyone, the actors uh, that were there, what they would like their characters to go through or witness or or um, take part in. In addition, okay, he's he's my he's my height, so I think it was just a juxtaposition. Um, doesn't take away the fact that he's a legend. Yeah, and um, absolute legend. Very tall to me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to you, everyone's tall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the moderator asked what each actor would like their character to have, go through, witness, some, some sort of development if they had the option. So I wrote down what everyone, what everyone wrote. Um, the funniest answer was uh, Raymond Lee, who didn't have an answer. Um, he basically said, you know... The, writer, the writers are way more creative than me, so I'll let them decide. <laughs> well, he also said, like, I really like not knowing things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the quotes Christina put on the yeah. Twitter or Instagram. It was, it was so funny. Like, like, okay, yeah, I can see that. And you even said... In it's any a other- valid response for him, but almost any other television show, that would be a cop-out answer. Yeah. Exactly. But it makes sense for him, like, not knowing where he's going to leap into next. It, like it almost would do a disservice to him as an actor if he knew too much going ahead. Yeah, he. It's almost like he could probably prepare yeah. better re- or not prepare. Yeah. His reactions because Ben doesn't genuine. know shit before each each yeah. leap. He's like not prepared at and all. And Raymond says he doesn't really know anything until he reads the script the, the day he gets it. So yeah. And that that all happens pretty quick. Like they get their script and then they're out there doing it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Ernie Hudson said um, about Raymond, he goes, he's the only one in the cast I pray for every night to stay healthy. Oh. <laughs> he, said, he said something to the effect of without him, none of us will be here, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone pretty much universal, universally acknowledged that, like, 
he works the hardest. Like he's always on set and he has to do so much in his role as Ben. Like the rest of them who are like the home crew have Mm -hmm. it fairly easy because they're pretty much always in the same place. Um, But that Ben is like constantly having to essentially play a different character in a different setting all the time. He also has the most grueling schedule. He films more than most everyone else. And Um, Addison right behind him. But even um, Caitlin, I just did it for you. Uh, you did it too. <laughs> um, even she acknowledged that, like, yeah, I'm I'm there with him all the time, but like he still has so much more on his plate, in ter- like as an actor, in terms she's, of she's just an observer. She yeah. she just watches him do the stuff. Yeah. Um, on about that, what Ian said, I'm sorry, what Mason said was um, that they are indebted to Ray for his commitment. Yeah. Aww. Okay, now, you know how we always talk about Sam and Ben having this good boy energy? Yeah. I think the whole cast has good boy energy. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think the whole cast would probably be pretty good quantum leapers. Except um, Nanrissa is a, a little more Rihanna. She's a little more bad girl. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, she'd bet on horse races, cool so thing. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about this season and having seen basically everybody go into the imaging chamber and help Ben, but also learn from Ben, is that it's like they're getting the knowledge of what it takes to be a leaper, which could set any or all of them up to be a leaper in future seasons. Yeah. And in fact, that was uh, Nenrissa's answer to the, the what would you like question. Um, she she said that she wants to leap. She wants Jen to be leap. Um, and then she said something to the effect of, you know, season two, season three, she got real close to the mic and was like, if anyone in the back is listening out there. <laughs> now, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to put this down right here. So Jen leaps. She finds some way to um, make an account. She bets on some races, throws that money in there like back in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Jen's no longer in prison for hacking because yeah. she's, she's rich. No, maybe she still hacks because she's bored. Yeah, except at the same time, if she never goes to prison, she potentially never meets magic. I think she would understand those consequences. That's what yeah. would stop her from doing yeah. it. Probably. Definitely. Also, the horse, ra- they, the horse race she did bet on, basically, was not for her own gain. Yeah, it was to help, it was to help the leap. Yeah, the the ethics were a little questionable, but, but it got the job done. But, not but it selfish. got the job done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't selfishly motivated. It was just for the sake of getting it done quickly. It's just <laughs> like Ben. We don't have time. We for need this. to solve this problem like efficiently, and d- don't worry about like if it's terribly ethical. He's like Addison would totally kill me if she found out. <laughs> yeah, I think my one <laughs> gripe. I'll use our word. My one gripe with the panel, if I could change anything about it, I think um, Nenrissa needed more attention. Um, There were a lot of questions directed um, toward most everybody else. Yeah. um, Which, and it's not that I think they deserve less time. Like, we just should have had more time across the board, of course. But I think... um, I wanted to hear more from from Nenrissa. I yeah. just maybe I'm a little biased because you know Jen is my favorite character, and that mm-hmm. becomes increasingly the case with each episode, 
where we see more of her. But also, yeah, I was thinking it the whole time as we were watching. I was like, I want her to talk more because every time she opens her mouth, she's like just as much of a badass as Jen is <laughs> and <laughs> was right? so perfectly cast. And I like could not stop looking at her the whole entire time. She was so like interactive and responsive to everybody else as they were talking. And you can tell that like the bond that they all have on screen is really genuine and they they really have that in real life too like it's not they they're not just co-workers yeah they're not just set. a bunch of co-workers who clock in and you know film their set and go home they are actually like they've formed something here yeah. they all like care about each other and have like a rapport going that's feels very similar to what they have on screen it's I great think, i think the fact that they have that in real life, I think it translates on the screen. Like in the last episode we um, watched and just talked about, but yeah. you won't hear it till after this. <laughs> when when Addison hugged Ian after they came out of that in imaging chamber, yeah, it didn't feel like Addison was hugging Ian. It felt to me like Caitlin was hugging Mason. Yeah, you know, like. I, I just feel their relationships transfer into their characters yeah. and uh, that it's all genuine. And I think that's why it works so well on screen. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the it factor for Ben and Sam so, so often, but I also want to mention that there's an it factor for a successful TV show. And that is one of them. The, when the cast gets along and, interacts and their their friendships and relationships transfer over into their characters that those are the shows that typically last for seasons seasons on end yeah um because the shows where there's strife or drama i mean uh castle was canceled within like a season of all that that drama between nathan fillion and katie i don't remember her last name Whoever's, yeah. you know, was not being nice to Nathan Fillion, so we don't need to say her last name. <laughs> yeah. well, when after uh, Jennifer Morrison left once, and I have my opinions on why, <laughs> um, yeah, that show fell apart. Yeah. So I, I think what was demonstrated to me by witnessing these these people up there is that they do seem to have that it factor for the show, which is nice. Um, it's good to see people that genuinely care for each other enjoying a thing that they're doing together and we get to witness it. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a quick question because um, one of the quotes I used in the, in the pictures I was posting was that Ernie Hudson one where he says, I'd like to see magic figure something out for himself. That was his response to the question of what would you like your character to go through? Oh yeah. So that was Ernie's response is, I mean, I almost wrote it word for word. I'd like to see magic I figure something out for himself. Um, well, I actually, like I said, I tweeted that, right? And um, Dean. Dean. Dean Gregaris. He actually responded to that and like your wish will be granted or, or his wish yeah. will be granted or something. Yeah. So yeah. exciting. What's magic going to figure out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully something, I mean, like... We mentioned in the show you're going to see or listen to on Monday <laughs> um, or Friday, I mean, when it, when it comes out. Um, magic is set up for something big to happen. Oh, my God. I'm so we excited. We discussed that it could be him being next in the imaging chamber, but maybe maybe it's by the end of season one that he figures some big piece out 
or maybe it's something that they're writing for season two right now. I don't know. Or I, I think for season two. I think for them to reply to a tweet like that, yeah, it's got to be sooner rather than later. Because mm-hmm. you would think otherwise, people are going to be like, "So where is it? Where's that big reveal? What did Magic figure out?" Yeah, you know. So then, um, I also really liked Mason's response to this question, where they were saying like they want Ian to we want we want to see Ian have a hobby and do something that's just for themselves and like get away for a minute and like do something fun and just kind of like have a release. I'm paraphrasing of course, but mm-hmm. I can um, teach you crochet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My note was Ian needs a hobby. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Ziggy. But, Ziggy's yeah. not yeah. a hobby. That's a job, that honey. Is, yeah. That's a passion. Sure. <laughs> but it's, but it's still the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they mentioned like, Ian, as well as themselves, Mason, yeah. when they're in the Quantum Leap headquarters or the set, it's it's dark, it's gray, and it's cold. Apparently, the set's cold. So, <laughs> um, so getting out and enjoying facets of his life, their life, like seeing um, his his ex partner and getting out there and communicating with other people, it's something Ian needs and a hobby. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what was Caitlin's answer to this? Uh, Caitlin said Addison should be, she wants to see Addison unleashed. Oh, yeah. Addison wasn't built to be an observer, which is what she's been acting as this whole time, right. but would like to see her be able to act more, um, which I could say also means Addison wants to leap. And, yeah. Caitlin wants Addison to leap. And yeah, totally. I, I also look at it uh, this way. Um, Addison's like the 911 operator. Mm-hmm. She can dispatch. She can talk, you know, bend down. She can't do anything. She's just on the phone. And that's not what she was built for. That's like not she, what like she that's, she is she is a doer. And when you're that type of a person, just being on the phone and trying to fix things from there, it just it it's not fulfilling. Yeah. Well, totally. I want to say it's not fulfilling, but it's it can be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of that in uh, not this most recent episode, but the last one um, where Addison had to deal with Ben being on the verge of death and not being able to physically intervene. And the we got to see that frustration come to a full boil mm-hmm. of like a screaming rage and terror. Berserk mode. Which yeah. is exactly how I'd expect... like. A soldier to react, mm-hmm. like it's just rage when they literally cannot yeah. do anything. They can't even touch anything. Yeah. So how can they resolve an issue other than yell at Ben and get him to do the thing, get him to make himself survive? Yeah. yeah. Like I, you know, some people would cry, some people would retreat into themselves, but no, I. A yeah. soldier needs to let something out. Yeah, a soldier's gonna get pissed. For um, sure. I mean, so, yeah. everybody's going to... I'm not saying if you're not a soldier, you're not going to get pissed, but... It's the more yeah. natural reaction as a soldier. Yes. For this character, it makes But not an exclusive reaction as a soldier. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was everyone's uh, answer. And that was, I think, one of my favorite parts because everyone got to talk about their character a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was one of, the, one of the questions that Nanrissa had the most to say about wanting to leap and being... Um, uh, wanting to see her go out and have more experiences basically yeah um and i i liked that we got to listen one by one everyone just kind of talk about their character 
uh, which was very cool. We did get confirmation, and uh, I said this in the episode we already recorded that will come out on Monday. Tuesday, Friday. Uh, I keep saying Monday, on Friday. I'm like, um, then I almost said Tuesday. I thought they had confirmed that they were filming at the panel, but then I second-guessed it, but no, I was correct. They have confirmed that filming has started on season oh, two. nice. Um, I googled it. It was uh, announced as of one day ago, so we actually got that information. It was kind of downplayed. They didn't announce it, but I think it was Dean it was who mentioned. said, yeah. while we're filming season two, we're doing this or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying we should bum rush Universal Studios right now. <laughs> let's, let's try to be extras. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Um, I don't yeah. fit in my uniforms anymore, so um, I can't be a soldier. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, I would be a tree. <laughs> I'll be a dead person. Yeah, for real. I'll be anyone. I'll be a nameless person that has, you know, half a second of screen time as a camera pans. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running across the street in terror. Um, one thing that Deborah said in response to that question was that basically season two is going to see all characters more involved with a larger range of emotions. Yeah. And that's obviously not saying everyone's going to be leaping or everyone's going to be in the imaging chamber, but that's what I take from it. Yeah. That's my take, is that we're going to see everyone actually do things not in headquarters. Yeah. And I honestly, how cool would it be if at least one episode each character gets to leap at least once. I would love to see just oh, a yeah. wide array of leapers. I do feel like it's building toward that. But would that rip a hole in the space-time continuum if you had that many leapers coming in and out? No, because I think they're basically solving... This is my theory. I think they're solving the coming home issue. Okay. And I think they're going to be able to go in and out of leaps one at a time. I mean, that would be pretty cool. I, that's, Maybe that'll be the resolution of season two. That's pretty much what they wanted. For so, like, as yeah. long as someone keeps leaping, but it doesn't Maybe. have to be the same person. They can take turns coming home. But like, they the can point is, like, things. you find them. The point of Quantum Leap is they discover a mission that needs to be done. They send the person in and bring them home. That's the concept of it. It just so, never went right. <laughs> so, the time force. Sure. Time. The quantum force. Quantum force. That works for me. Is this a new branch of the military now? Yeah. <laughs> they um, they did announce that... I, I don't remember who it was. All the, all the branches agree or anal analysts agree that um, there needs to be a new branch of military specifically for uh, cyber space. I don't know how that works. You can't like physically go there. So I'm not sure what the military needs to do. Do there. you shoot each other with computer viruses? <laughs> I think I think calling it a branch of military yeah. is extreme. The mil Be IT area. Because every branch has their own military intelligence and every branch has their own like cyber teams. Plus the CIA is basically the yeah. branch of in like security and of that cyber and NSA. Yeah, and so, and I mean, it wasn't cybersecurity, but we had a, um, we had a training mission, not mission, exercise. Exercise. That's the word I'm looking for. 
it's, it's past my bedtime. Um, we had a training exercise in Korea and it was basically joint forces. So we all do work together on occasion. Yeah. I mean, it was even with the Korean army. It was the Korean army. We had some air force guys might've had some Marines. Um, yeah, we all work together. So, so why, yeah, why the, can't you just... <laughs> the short of that is we don't need a new um, cyber branch. We need a quantum leap branch. Yeah. Make it happen, military. You, you know what? Forget about the Space Force. <laughs> quantum leap force. So it was right about this time, I think, then they opened it up to audience questions um, in the panel. And then... I had no question in mind. No. But I was like, I just got to get in line because how stupid would it be if I don't at least try to come up with a question and take the opportunity? Because yeah. how often do I get to address these people? Yeah, exactly. So without thinking, I just got up and got in line. I was like fourth and fifth in line, I think. Nice. And I thought of a question fairly early on. And uh, I don't remember the exact wording I had in my head. But it was something to the effect of, like, with all of these science fiction reboots happening and addressing it to everybody, how does it feel to be part of a, a science fiction franchise, a continuation of a science fiction franchise that isn't Star Wars or Star Trek? And then when the third person asked their question, Deborah started this um, conversation about how Star Wars and Star oh, Trek... Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and I was like... <laughs> and um and and that's I mean we talked about it earlier in the episode about how quantum leap it's just the beginning of bringing quantum leap home, um and so I had one person in front of me, and then the person asking the question, and that's all that time I had to think of another question, so I was panicking. So the best I could come up with in I think two and a half minutes was uh, directed at Deborah. Well, the first thing I did is I uh, addressed the whole uh, crew up there and said, we love all of you. We love the show. I mentioned our podcast and I surprisingly got a little bit of an applause. Yeah. As I mentioned the podcast. From name. the audience? From the audience. Yeah. Wow. I don't. Yeah. I cannot. I mean, based on how many listens we have, which is um, about 1,200 by now, I think. Yeah. There's no way that everyone in that audience was a listener. It's just not feasible. So I think it was more a reaction of people were happy and excited that there was a new podcast about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone was a listener there at all, but it was a positive reaction that the podcast exists. Nice, nice. Um, uh, the The cast looked happy about it. I think uh, Caitlin's, like, she had, like, excited Pikachu face. Yeah. Which they all did cool. like a wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, because before there was only like a couple podcasts. Mm -hmm. And now well there's established and good podcasts. Very, very good podcasts that I personally listen to. And I, I mean, I wait till after we record to listen to them. But, um, you know, I love them. They've been kind and wonderful and welcoming to us. So once again, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Fate's Wide Wheel again, interacting with us uh, very positively yeah. on Twitter. Uh, Quantum, the Quantum Leap podcast as well. Mm -hmm. They're very, very kind people. And um, I like to think of them as official podcasts and we're just fans shooting the shit. We're grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, honestly, 
I think we offer a unique perspective from them as well. Like we're not, we're not talking the same thing. We have our, our hook, which is three fans with three different perspectives from the original series from none to super fan. Right. Um, and, uh, the, the, the reception was, was well, well taken. I, I'm wondering if that's why we have more interaction now, um, including uh, Dean G, <laughs> um, who is now I think it's Gregoris. To a, what was that? I think it's Gregoris. I'm, I'm always going to mess it up if I say oh, okay. it. Okay. Because I want to say George just based on looking at it, so oh. I'm just resorting to saying G. Okay. Sorry, Dean. Deanie G. I, I'm, G. I'm terrible with pronunciations, yeah, so I, I try. I try to do the best I can to like say it as right as possible and for this case it's dean g yeah uh but yeah I, i'm i'm hoping that it's saying the podcast name that put it put us in his mind and that's why he's tagged us in a couple of things um but yeah it was it was well received and then the question i asked was uh, directed at uh deborah and and dean um as well as the creators and writers who were not present but they couldn't answer of uh, why um when considering a reboot why they decided to take it from the formula of Sam and Al um, as the only real recurring characters to this uh, format where there's actually like kind of a split down the middle where there's two whole teams and two whole focuses with an entire ensemble cast. And Deborah's response was basically because NBC allowed them to and gave them the money. Like, we um, can. Thank you, NBC. Yeah, we, can. we have like, the resources to now, and that's why. <laughs> like, they want to tell these bigger stories, and they can. Yeah. So it's, um, it was, a, I see it as a positive thing on how these storytellers are able to tell the full scope of the story that they want to tell. They're not right. being held back for some reason. Well, you, in our, I believe it was our introduction episode. I had mentioned that is one thing I always felt the original show lacked. There was never enough, you know, present timeline for me to be satisfied with what is going on yeah. in 1999. Yeah. You know? It makes this, I would almost put Quantum Leap original series as a science fantasy, mm-hmm. but this series is a science fiction yeah. where we're actually seeing the technology and the, the processes and the, the team that's making it work. That, that was my question. I wish I... I mean, it, it was a good question, but I wish I had more time. I wish... Yeah. I well, didn't see a question microphone when we got there, so I didn't think there was going to be any questions. Yeah. Um, well, so I was kind of caught off guard. I remember putting a question in the chat, but as soon as you sent me the stuff, like the notes you were writing, I'm like, oh, they already they answered that question. It, yeah. I'm like, there, it would be pointless to ask that again. It was a very um, well-informed panel. Like it was full yeah. of information. It made it asking questions even harder. I wanted yeah. really badly to ask a question to Ernie because you know I love Ernie Hudson and Magic is my favorite character, but I couldn't, I couldn't find some, I couldn't find it. You should have asked him. If how all- big was the Twinkie? No. <laughs> I was going to say, if he was worried about Gozer coming through some kind of time portal. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I could have easily asked a, a stupid question that would just be like for laughs. But we wanted the content. I wanted yeah, the content. Yeah. There, there's yeah. a time and place for the funny questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of the other like questions people asked just kind of like 
rapid fire oh, yeah. them, I, I guess. I want to say, I don't know what anyone else asked. Because oh, okay. while I was up there, I was thinking too hard. And when I was done, so I want to say, I don't get nervous talking to famous people. I have no problem doing it. I mean, after that David Hasselhoff thing, which you'll find out in the next yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can I've, see why. I have, because of working at Disneyland is probably the best reason why I can think of it. I have interacted with many, many celebrities. And so when I approach a fame, it doesn't matter how famous they are. I don't get that. I don't know what to say. Um, I don't get the butterflies. I don't get nervous. Addressing a crowd of five to 700 people, that was nervous. So when I was done asking my question, I still wasn't listening to the other questions because I was just nervous from having addressed a huge crowd. And then after the panel, talking to the celebrities face-to-face, again, easy. Talking to Mason. Next time I'll do it. Talking to Caitlin. So next time I'll go up and address the crowd. I like doing that shit. Okay. So the fact yeah. that you were able to shout out the podcast while having an existen- existential crisis, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I also had... so. When I when I do the podcast, usually I have earphones on because I'm by myself and not all three of us in a room. Um, so I hear my own feedback, but it's damn near instantaneous. So I hear myself speaking. It allows me to know like how I'm speaking into the microphone, which, oh, okay. by the way, if audio is off, it's because I don't have headphones on. The audio in the panel, there was like a two-third second delay. Oh, that's irritating. So when I first started speaking... I was afraid I was going to stutter because I was being confused by hearing my words almost a full second later. So I shut down listening to anything and I just focused on speaking. And I'm surprised I didn't. Apparently, like, I don't even know how I sounded, but Cindy said, I did okay. I didn't yeah. stutter. I was clear. So that, fine. Well, um, that's, that was amazing. That's like, a, I, I have a hard time with that too. When we have phones and they have, you know, the feedback and I'm trying to oh, tell, yeah. tell the person on the other line what, what to do and I'm hearing my own voice back at me and it's hard to concentrate I get tripped up and I think they're talking over me and then I realize it's my own voice yeah so yeah I anyways to shoot it back to Sydney I didn't hear any other question so <laughs> yeah, get us, give us some good ones were there we any funny had, ones we had uh, the obvious like will we see Sam um, which they basically all um, Deborah and uh, Dean talked about how they're not opposed to the idea, but they didn't want that to be the main focus because they really wanted it to be about these new characters and because um, they wanted to drill in the idea of hope and the idea that Sam is still out there in the world is sort of like a beacon of hope that he couldn't pop in at anyone's life at any given point to solve whatever problems are happening in the world. It's like like the fact that Sam's Mm -hmm. out there should be seen as something that's hopeful. And yeah, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the panel. Yeah. When Deborah said that she still gets letters asking when Sam's going to come. That was the, that was the intention of originally wanting him to, um, not ever actually complete his mission and come back home. Obviously it got wrapped up too quickly and suddenly, but that ultimately she landed on the idea that, him staying out there is important was meant to be hopeful so that it's like he could always show up at any given time and so that if he does show up in this series which they're not opposed to it won't be going it would be yeah it would be something to indicate that like he was still out there um still doing good for the world and that it was 
only going to happen in the show if it really needed to happen. And it was something that really mattered. It was really poignant. Um, and Dean said, you know, in my mind, in my, you know, in my heart, Sam is absolutely still out there. Yeah. We should still consider him, you know, out there doing good, making changes for the better. So if the writer and uh, if one of the writers and creators say it, then it's canon. <laughs> I think, and I think that's a really nice way to look at it. I think um, to put a spin on it, like it's not that he never came home; it's that he found that his home is being out in the world and fixing, you know, the world's problems and being among everybody else and leaping around. Like that ended up being like his purpose, and wherever he is, I mean, we're supposed to see it as a good thing. When you know, as a kid watching that that series finale and I know it happened because they got cut short. They were canceled and there were plans for season six. Yeah. Um, and just that text on the screen, they misspelled his name. I, that was like NBC. I'm sure. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I love you. Probably an intern. Yeah. It probably was an intern. Um, we'll blame them. Yeah. Um, but seeing it and seeing it on just that text on the screen, Sam Beckett never returned home. I mean, as a kid that sucked. But yeah. looking at it this way, that's a whole I, different. It's a different perspective. perspective. Yeah, from a certain point of view. Yeah, as Obi Wan would say. Yeah, <laughs> and it leaves the hope open that these characters might run into him at some point, and if they do, it'll be a moment that has meaning. That's yeah. so. Um, that's what I hope happens when we see Sam. First off, his body is the way his body was held in a waiting room. I have to imagine his body is no longer viable. I mm-hmm. think what I think happened after the last episode, because in the last episode he leapt into himself. Mm-hmm. I think he's in his own body leaping around, kind of like Ben is now. I think his body, because they said it disappeared from the waiting room. Now, uh, just as a disclaimer, that is in reference to an episode that you will listen to on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that Ben is in his body because they haven't. Heard no, 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 Sam. Sam, in the last episode... Oh, but you said like Ben is now. No, because you know how Ben isn't... His body's not in a waiting room. It's in the quantum yeah. space. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's kind of what happened to Sam's body in his last leap because his body disappeared from the waiting room. Yeah, this has and nothing... it's materializing when he leaps somewhere. Yes. So, when he looks in a mirror and he sees him, we also see him. Yes. I like that thought. Because, yeah, in, in, in the last episode, it was him. He looked in the mirror. Um, his, he had his wallet with his driver's license, with his name on it. Um, bartender recognized him. Well, didn't recognize him because he didn't know him. Well, maybe he did. But we he don't, saw him as who he was. We don't know. But we saw, he saw him as Sam Beckett. He possibly did know who he was. So Gee, Spoiler well, with, alert for me. Just kidding. <laughs> with that, I personally... My my desire for the show with Sam is to not bring him back home to Janice and, and the Quantum Leap team, but to see him in passing. Yes. What if one of Sam's leaps is helping Ben? Yeah. That's what I want to see. Definitely. Or whoever's leaping at that time. He would be kind of old, though. Like, does quantum yeah, leaping do anything I imagine to your body? in the quantum space when you're not 
at a destination, uh, you see saging. And okay. as we have discussed before, sometimes when he leaves a leap, before he reappears in another leap, sometimes time goes by. And in that time, like, to He's... him, time doesn't exist. Even okay. though to him it's instantaneous, that two or three weeks he's missing, he has no recollection of it because he didn't technically exist. He was in quantum space. Okay. That's my, that's all my right. head canon. I, I, I can live with that. So all that stacked up time, he technically gets a... Uh, he's still Ben's age. But not only that, but we don't have to say 2023 Sam Beckett is the one that leaps in. Oh, that's true. For all true. we know, 2010 Sam Beckett is the one that helps Ben. He just leapt forward a little bit. And or he's wondering if Ben's another evil leaper that he has to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but well, I have noticed the difference. Um, now that we're confirmed that Leaper X is definitely using Ziggy. Yeah. I think, was that last episode? Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the Asylum episode. That, yeah. Um, the evil leapers from the original series, Sam had to physically touch the other person for it to be revealed. They were not using Ziggy. They were not using Ziggy. So Lothos and Ziggy are definitely different. There was... Lothos was mentioned at mm-hmm. some point during the panel, but I don't remember the yeah. context. Uh, they were just talking about the technology, I believe, and things that are... Uh, they were referring to the reveal that Ziggy was a part the of the, the problem. The, mm-hmm. Ziggy was the mole. And uh, so she she referenced it in terms of like... Um, connecting it like as like a callback sort of. I see. Um, also, at one point, Deborah Pratt did the Ziggy voice on the panel, and also she had um, a hand link with her. It was one of the original. She ones. did. Yeah, she yeah. like held it up and showed it. her. I missed and, that. Um, yeah. I think there was like two or three awesome. of them. She has one, and I know Dean Stockwell's family has the other. Yeah, she Sweet. like held it up and showed it. It was one of the like original ones. Um. Very cool. Yeah. I missed that. I don't know what I was doing. Freaking out about... Probably. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to ask a question. Yeah, if I was in line still, I was too busy thinking. I think it was after you came back, but... Oh, then he um, was in a haze. Hey, buddy, that's my chocolate. Our cat is on the table trying to steal stuff. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about my chocolate. (laughs) She's actually the plastic bag she's after. Yeah. Um... Somebody else asked, uh, came up and asked whether we would see Ben leap into a child um, oh, yeah. at any point. I do remember that question. Because that was the guy that says he watched it with his family. He hadn't seen uh, Let Them Play yet either. But he didn't leap into a child Right. Then. It was a teen. Teenager. Oh, no, that's right. Who? He well, also the, the summer camp one. The, summer, yeah, the he um, Stand By Me. That was mentioned. Yeah. There was one yes. in the old episode, the old episode, the um, original where Sam leapt into, I think, like a 12-year-old. That's yeah. the youngest I've seen. But uh, but yeah, this guy asked, you know, will we see Ben or anybody leap into like a child child? Not necessarily. There's, by the way, no way to phrase that. That doesn't sound wrong. I yeah. hear it. Let's just... You know what I mean. <laughs> the consciousness of a child. Can you imagine um, your one-year-old just speaking complete sentences and telling you you're yeah. an idiot? Um, and Deborah Pratt and um, Dean Gregarius both like indicated that, yeah, that is something we're open to and that you might see. So Cool. Yeah. Um, questions were also asked about the finale. 
and they gave us little like teasers talking about the finale, basically saying things like, it's crazy. That was, uh, I think, a quote from Mason. They said, you know, it's absolutely crazy. It's like a whole movie in just an episode. It's oh like several episodes in one. It's like a whole movie. It's, it's a longer. huge roller coaster. They I were talking know. about how like it's just so exciting and there's so much that happens. It's like so riveting and you're not ready for it. Like, um, pretty cool. So there was that. I mean, just based on the closing scene of this episode, I I can already see how what they said is uh, coming to fruition. It's going to be crazy. Or as uh, the fates would say, it's going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, From Hercules. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was wondering, and this is kind of next episode, but I hope they've watched it already. But spoiler alert, why were they all dressed like monks? I just thought of this. Oh, I didn't see it as that. I oh. saw it as like, like thermal wear. Oh, from protection okay. from right. the winter, potentially, you know, protection from fallout. Um, but as we discussed in the episode, it's not necessarily that they are in fallout. They're just in nuclear winter. The fallout could have happened anywhere else on the planet. The planet is still going to be all in nuclear. They winter. were kind of monkish outfits, though, for sure. I can see that. I guess I just didn't. It just didn't trigger in my mind that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, They're the guru that lives at the base of the mountain where the old Quantum Leap headquarters was. Maybe. No. (laughs) Uh, Also, somebody came up and asked, they specifically asked Raymond Lee if he could leap anywhere as himself. If he himself had Ben's ability to leap, where would he want to leap and when? And he thought about it for a second, and he said he would just want to go back to the early 2000s um, into, like, his own body, like, back to himself in the early 2000s when times were simpler and he was cooler, quote. (laughs) Um, I think he's pretty damn cool. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I look at Raymond Lee. Well, I don't know. Some of the things he posts, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a dork like us, but he's cool. Yeah. Like, not dork in a bad way. But I, I, what I interpreted that to mean was, like, being in your younger years when you're blissfully ignorant to the chaos that is the universe and you're just vibing, man. Like, party, I, party. I think that's probably what he meant. Like, I just want to go back to... Simpler times. Yeah, yeah. Just simple times in my, in my youth when I was just chilling and, you know, the world was my oyster, I guess. Um, I don't... I don't remember this happening, but I do remember Deborah saying that she would want to leap into herself, but with all the knowledge she has. Do I remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that about that question? She said, yeah, I think so. She said she wanted to, to leap uh, back. I must have been sitting down right then. Into her own childhood, but with her present day knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So she could uh, inform her live through the experience of being a child again, but a little more informed and with, uh, with the knowledge, which is, you know, that sounds for some, that does sound like the way that a, a writer and storyteller would think. But my thing is, if I did that, would I do things differently? And would it really screw up the good things I have now? Yeah, I've, I've often... <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's, there's always a meme I come across that's like, would you rather live through your childhood with all your knowledge or live through your childhood with $10 million? I think I always 
choose the knowledge though because if I have the knowledge then I know how to make decisions to not potentially completely fuck up or alter my life right if I'm just given the money and I don't have the knowledge my life's definitely going to be different yeah and not necessarily for the better and with the knowledge I can try and steer those decisions to improve my life yeah but can not buy stock. drastically change who I am exactly you can, yeah you can buy stock by Google when it's like 50 cents. Yeah. I could, um, yeah, I could leap into myself, buy stock in Google, Amazon. Um, I'll give you 50 bucks, get some for me. And then not keep record of it there, but send myself like an email or like a, um, a, a post dated letter. They did that in an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, okay. <laughs> they um, sent a post-dated letter. Not for money reasons. Well, but. I think my my relation to that sort of technique is from Back to the Future. But, yeah. That's probably where they got the idea. <laughs> um, it was Jen's, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, post-dated letter to, to get, doesn't... So, basically, my young self doesn't get the opportunity to change their life, and then I get the money later. <laughs> um, Off-topic... Yeah. I just got a text from Emily, my daughter. Yeah. She goes, I think I got to the episode we saw them shooting when I went to Universal with my friends. So she's binge watching. Nice. <laughs> Sheesh. My niece is converted. Woo-hoo! One of us. All One I have of to do us. Is take her to WonderCon and sit her down with the panel of a bunch of cool people. I, I think. Because she texted me, I think she fell in love with Mason. Yeah. She was that like, makes sense. Yeah. Overall, if you had seen them, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. Overall, I have to say that one of my biggest takeaways from the panel as well was just how blown away everybody was with how big the fan community actually oh, yeah. is. They all seemed very like, well, whoa, like looking around. Deborah and Pratt didn't because I think Deborah Pratt knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I she's think been a, getting letters for years about yeah. But I think a part of her wondered how well that community would carry over into the new series for sure. I think she probably had a better insight than the cast and we did. Yeah. But yeah, like there's still that validation. Um, yeah. Also, um, something that they asked early is, uh, they wanted to know whose first convention it was. Uh, it was uh, Raymond, Nanrissa's, everyone but and Mason. Caitlin's. No, it was not Ernie's first. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about the the younger. Crew. Ernie's been in Ernie and movies for years. Ernie and Mason were the only ones, only ones basically, well, of the actors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Raymond, Nanrissa, and Caitlin all first time convention goers. And all three as of them were looking around and like literally several times looked around. Hey, sorry. Cats going, uh, a cat's cat's angry because it's food time. Yeah, is it food time? Yeah, all three of them were looking around in awe and audibly said, "Like, I'm sorry, but how cool is this? Like, yeah. do you see where we are? This is crazy!" Like, uh, Raymond especially. There were several times when Raymond was like, "I'm sorry, what was the question?" Like, yeah, he I seemed think nervous. The at first, first at yeah, least. the first question that the uh, that the moderator asked. He didn't even directly answer yeah. because he just responded with, I'm sorry, I'm just in awe of what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. He said something else first and then he said that and he was like, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the question was or something like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, I mean, he, he warmed up pretty quickly, so I don't know if it was nerves, but I, I perceived it as nerves at first. Yeah, at first. he was very like, whoa, they were like overwhelmed by yeah. it. And I mean, he's been acting, I think for a while, he's been in a few things. Yeah. Um, but that's behind, that's behind a camera. Well, we were recording for that one. I don't think it picked it up, though. <laughs> let's just let's just bypass that. No one will know. Um, just be sure to edit it out. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, what was I saying? Okay. Yeah. Raymond's Raymond. been in other. Things. Okay, so Raymond's been in other things. But um, yeah, it's always in front of a camera. You're not addressing an entire audience yeah. full of huge fans of this thing that you're creating. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, most people would rather be dead than do public speaking, so. Also, um, I, I don't know if, even if you had a background in stage performances, there's a difference between an audience of people looking to consume a performance mm -hmm. versus an audience of fans looking to hear you speak. That's yeah. totally different. Big time. Because right. I, I can act with no stage fright. At all. But if I have to give a public speech, I'm freaking out. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I was nervous to talk in front of that huge audience. And it, like I said, it was the largest room in the convention. And it was the most crowded panel that we saw. Yeah, there, was, there was a lot of people in there. That's amazing. Oh, my cat is so upset because it's time for her bedtime food. I think we've pretty much covered everything, though. I think we have. I'm going to double check my notes real quick. Well, um, I'm excited, and now I feel like I was there, even though I wasn't. Good. I really hope um, they end up posting more about it, um, that so you can like see snippets of it. Yeah, um, that would be really cool. Hopefully, they were recording. Um, I'm sure we'll get some more like recaps online periodically throughout the whole of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> But hopefully this was eyes. a fairly comprehensive like coverage of of the experience. Overall, it was just it was very wholesome. It was very heartwarming, um, and it got me really hyped for the finale. That's awesome. And, and for the upcoming season two, yeah, definitely. The fact that they're already filming um, has me excited because I thought there might be quite a bit of a wait, but it looks like it might just be the stereotypical sort of like fall season two beginning sort of thing. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. Not too much of a wait. The fact that it's already filming, they'll probably be filming, depending on when they started, for a couple months at most, and then the post-production can definitely, at least on the first few episodes, be done in time for a fall premiere. Yeah. Very cool. I also kind of wonder if um, the cast will be showing up at San Diego Comic-Con as well in a couple of months. I hope so. Um, it would be cool if they did. I can't get in. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. But uh, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to pray to the Comic-Con gods. We're going to have to figure that out and uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on announcements of, yep. of their uh, special guest list. Yep. Sweet. Thank you guys for joining us on our bonus episode. Um, I'm going to be editing this uh, tomorrow, Christina, and I'll put it up as soon as I can. So okay. this should be going live Wednesday, um, which will give you a couple of days to listen to it before uh, the Friday episode recapping uh, this week's episode. Uh, thank you guys again. See you next time. Bye.
So what did you think of today's show? Send us a message on Anchor or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at PQL Podcast. Links will be provided in the show notes. Show us some love. Follow and subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. You can also help support the podcast by visiting either our Anchor support page or PayPal link in the show notes. All supporters will get a special mention at the end of our episode and we're working on new and exciting perks to bring you in the future. 